God, thank you for, uh, for loving us on, on this day where we um, kind of set aside a celebration of fathers. Lord, as Jamie was sharing, I, I'm so thankful uh, that you're our father, God, that uh, regardless of where we're at today, where the emotions are falling, Lord, we have you, and uh, we absolutely need you. So thank you so much uh, for being our Heavenly Father. And uh, God, just be with me, uh, Lord, to just communicate what you've laid on my heart, Lord, and what you want us to hear. And, and God, uh, that we don't just, that we're not only hearers only, uh, Lord, but that uh, we allow this to just permeate our heart and impact who we are, God, and allow you to transform us into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here together with our family, just talking about the Word of God and sharing through, through the Scriptures and, and worshiping you. Thank you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Um, so uh, this morning, as I was kind of uh, going over my thoughts, the Lord uh, saw fit to take most of what I was going to say today and tell me that it just applied to me. So uh, this will be an abridged <laughs> version of all of that. Uh, but, I, you know, in just preparation for today, I was thinking about my dad. And, you know, I was very fortunate uh, to grow up with a Christian father. And especially, uh, you know, again, I know there's a lot of, a lot of that in this world today that um, many, many, many children aren't as fortunate and so I'm very thankful for that. It's not something I take for granted now, although I definitely did uh, when I was a teenager, uh, for sure. But I was, just, I was just thinking about those qualities about my dad. Um, you know, it's easy to pick people apart, right? Uh, it's easy to see their flaws and, and, uh, and even sin. You know, it's easy for us to look. And that's why Jesus, I think, reminded us so often to examine ourselves first, you know, um, because it's hard for us to see who we really are. And so... Uh, sometimes it takes effort, you know, to encourage people and to see see those like uh, gifts that people have and and the qualities that they have and and uh, I, I think about my dad a lot because we had a pretty rocky relationship for a time and uh, that was definitely more my fault than his for sure. But uh, man, as I just thought through some of the things, um, like a couple words that just jumped out at me uh, were integrity and faithfulness and discipline, um, those, those things just, as I was kind of thinking through, I was trying to think of just three like real good characteristics that I, I could just be honest and say my dad had, you know, as far as him and I were concerned, he had, and I saw those, those things in him, and so as this kind of began to develop, those, those things kind of just surfaced for me, um, and, uh, I, I tried to call my dad this morning. He, he wasn't able to answer. He was already at church. But, uh, you know, I was just, again, just super thankful. I know right now while I'm preaching, so is he, you know. And uh, I'm so thankful we get to share that together. Uh, so just wanted to share some scriptures with you and kind of talk through a couple of things um, about those three words that I was, I was sharing with you. And, you know, again, I know we're kind of emphasizing fathers today, but... Obviously, this would apply across the board to anybody uh, because it's the Word of God, and uh, the Word of God is, is so good um, if we'll just listen to it and obey it. So I didn't put any of these up on the, uh, uh, the computer this morning. I, I was going to, and then I thought, no, we'll just get our Bibles out. 
So if you got your Bibles and you want to flip over to Proverbs, um, if you don't, I'm going to read it out loud, so you're in luck. But uh, Proverbs 20, and then we'll be in James and Matthew and 2 Timothy and Hebrews and 2 Peter. You got that list. (laughs) Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7. It says, The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. Um, there's, there's something I, you know, I, obviously I know I'm, I'm a guy and I take that very seriously. You know, I, I take very seriously the biblical man from scripture that we're called to be. And, you know, everybody falls short. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, but there's this, there's this target that we're all aiming for. And I, I think it's so imperative that, that we keep it. Uh, focused on that target because there's little eyes watching all the time, you know, and I, I obviously I mean you guys know I'm in a phase of life where I that's a literal truth in my life uh, with a one-year-old and a six-year-old at home, but man, it's it's bigger than that because there are spiritual children out there, right, and they can be of any age, and they're watching, and I was just thinking about this word integrity. It's not something you hear a lot of. We were talking about it in Sunday school this morning a little bit, and you know, I was asking the kids what it meant, and we were kind of breaking down some definitions and examples of it. But uh, the Webster Dictionary defines it like this, the quality or state of being complete or undivided. Complete or undivided. James 1 says, He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So when I look at those two scriptures, uh, you know, the thing that stands out to me as we're called to this life of integrity, we're called to not be divided. We're supposed to be unified. But then even within ourselves, right? I, I think so often about church and how easy it is to almost treat it like Halloween. Because I'm supposed to be clothed with Christ, right? I'm supposed to, everywhere I go, reflect who he is and show who he is. Even in my weakness, even when I drop the ball and mess up and fall down, I'm still supposed to show who he is. And a lot of times I treat it like Halloween, right? We dress up for the day. And we put the mask on. And we try to look the part and take on the character. But then when the day is over, back to normal, right? That's not integrity. And that's not what we're called to be. And I, I know in my life I have, I've messed this one up uh, several times. Uh, more times than I would like to admit but it's being, it's being who we say we are. It's doing what we say we're going to do. And when we come here and proclaim to follow Jesus, we need to back that up with our actions. How imperative it is that we do that all the time. But I, I just have a strong place in my heart for fathers. Whether you've you got physical children at home or, or just on a spiritual level, all the eyes that are watching you. And the call to live in integrity. Matthew 6, 24. Uh, in the Gospels there, Jesus is talking about two masters. And he says, you, you, can't, you can't do that. It says, uh, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve 
God and money. True leadership is having the integrity to practice what we preach. And we're preaching something, aren't we? We're preaching something. With how we talk and how we act, we're preaching something. And the Bible just talks over and over again about the, the division part and how that's never fruitful, how it's never going to produce what Jesus is after. And so in being, being a single-minded person, a man focused on Jesus Christ, that's where the most fruit is going to come into play. And again, I, I know my, my dad wasn't perfect, but I, that's definitely one of the words that surfaced with him. Um, I can't remember very many times where he told us he was going to do something, including the, the belt, <laughs> that uh, it didn't happen. And we knew he meant it. And he usually didn't have to ask twice because <laughs> it hurt. In 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, I'm going to read 15, 16, and 17. It says, And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. We have, we have this incredible book. And, I, you know, there's definitely been times in my life that I, I haven't spent as much time in it as I needed to. I haven't known it as well as I needed to. But we have this promise that the answers in here will guide us through life. And men, this morning, on the integrity level, I'm just, I'm just asking you, are you bringing this into your homes, you know? Are you bringing this into your workplaces? Are you bringing this into your social circles? Whether you're literally opening it up and sharing it or bringing up what you know about it. Because all the things that, that 2 Timothy 16 says right there is, is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete. So first, it's obviously applicable to myself, but then it pours into others. Again, as we're out there being Christ, it's pouring into those around us. I was thinking about discipline, and uh, I remember uh, one time uh, I got in trouble. I don't even remember what I did. I don't remember. Um, I just remember that it resulted in, in the, the belt phrase, don't make me take this belt off. Well, I pushed my limits, and uh, I remember I remember getting a spanking that day. And in fact, it may have been the last one that I ever got. Uh, but I do remember. I, I don't know what it was about that day, but I just remember seeing the pain on my dad's face. And you know, discipline isn't ever fun, and it's not easy, but it's essential for life. And whether we're talking about spiritual disciplines or parental disciplines, and, I, you know, I'm not up here telling you how to parent. Goodness, I'm, I try to figure that out every day. 
But I know that when I'm, when I'm focused on the Father and I'm, and I'm laying these things out before him, you know, how do I raise my boys, God? How do I, how do I discipline them when they are doing this? And, like, he guides those, those processes. But it's not fun. But when done patiently, lovingly, and consistently, it does bear fruit. And it's so, so necessary. There, there's a passage of Scripture I've read several times, and it talks about the godlessness in the last days. And one of the, one of the characteristics is disobedient children. Like, it says that in there. And when I look around, <laughs> I mean, uh, that's happening. Greater and greater and greater scale is it happening. So we need discipline in our life. We need to practice spiritual disciplines on a personal level, and we need, um, we need discipline to our children. And again, on a spiritual plane, if there's someone we're helping grow in Christ, they need that same discipline. It helps them. It helps shape who they are. Hebrews 12, 11, um, it says, For the moment, all discipline seems painful, rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Proverbs uh, 13 tells us if we love our children, we'll discipline them. But discipline is only effective when you first laid the foundation of a loving relationship. This is something I, you know, I don't know about other guys. I struggle with that sometimes. Uh, making sure I'm taking the time to communicate to Caden that I love him. And so when I get onto him, you know, uh, it's a lot more effective when that relationship it has been going on. You know, when we've been talking through things, when, when I can sit down and explain them to him, it, it just makes for a better uh, lesson and he, he seems to get it better uh, when I've been doing my part on the other side of that. Says first, delight in your children, then be willing to correct them, with the eye for conforming them to the image of Christ. Integrity, faithfulness, and discipline, and those are three big words to carry out. But I, I do think, men, I'm I'm just going to pick on you for a minute, because God gave us a burden. It's in the Bible. And it's a burden to lead. And we lead by example. Nobody cares what we're saying if we're not doing it. You know, I, I, told, I told Shay one time, I was like, hey, I, I know I'm a mess and you got to put up with me. But if you ever see a different man behind the pulpit than you see at home. You call me out. And I'd tell you guys the same thing. Because if I can't follow Jesus out there, I have no right to stand here and talk about it. So gentlemen, are we clothed with Christ? Or are we wearing the mask? That's just what kept coming up for me when I was praying over this and are we people of integrity, doing what we say we are? 
And again, everybody's learning, right? Everybody's, everybody's on the path. We're all at different places, and it's, it's not a comparison game that we need to play. It's just that question. Are you in this relationship with God? Are you in his word? Do you know it? Are you talking to him? Are you trusting him? I was preaching a, a funeral last week, and, you know, it just one of those moments where it just hit me how, how finite our mind is, how we just, there's so many big concepts out there that we just can't even grasp. And I'm not meant to grasp them. 1 Corinthians 13 talks about how we know in part right now, but we're going to be made fully known, right? And that day's coming. But right now, I, I can't. I have to trust in God. And we have to trust in God in this process, but it, it's like I, I tell anybody I work with, I'm fighting as long as you're fighting. Are you in the game with me, you know? Are you sitting in the stands? Because we're called to be in the game. We're called to be in the fight, to run the race that was before us. The Bowens and I were at a 5K yesterday together, and I was eating ice cream. <laughs> I was watching all these people running around sweating, and I had a milkshake, and it was good. It's real good. And Daniel and I were laughing about that because he said he does the same thing. <laughs> But man, that's how we do church sometimes too. That's how we do this, this relationship with God. We watch the others while we sit back in comfort because this stuff, it takes sacrifice. It demands it. In Sunday school class this morning, we were talking about integrity. That was one, like, hey, you got to do what you say you're going to do and sometimes it's going to cost you something. Jesus says to follow him, it'll cost us everything. But then he pours it right back in and gives us what he says is life and life to the fullest. And how often do we miss out on that full life? Because we don't give all the way in. We show up to the race and we eat our cookies and cream milkshake while we watch the others run. Integrity, faithfulness, discipline. Those words just kept resonating for me today, and I wanted to share them with you. Um, as I was kind of uh, walking through those words and, and then looking in my own life and, and, uh, and how our, our children view us, you know, I've, I've watched... I've watched Caden watch some of you, and I've watched Caden watch other people that come into our life, and I've had to answer tough questions after people are around him sometimes. And uh, I was talking to Ellen about this this week. We were talking about movies and how, you know, we've watched movies before, and we're like, oh, nothing. But then when our kids are sitting there, all of a sudden we see and hear everything in the movie, right? And it's like, oh, I didn't know that was in here, you know? We just become a lot more aware, I think. I don't know about you, but I want to be more aware because eyes are always watching us. They're always watching us. And it's not that you're not going to fall and stumble, but are you reflecting Christ through all of it, right? And that's a weird concept because sometimes we, we think about being clothed with Christ. We have this image of perfection, and that's right because Jesus was perfect. 
but the Bible tells us that, that he is strong in our weakness. And so it, I think it's just about being an authentic person that's really in the race and not pretending to be in the race. I think that's the difference maker right there. Um, I get really frustrated because I say it all the time too, but the, the, well, we're not perfect. We're only human. And I know I pick on that a lot because it's, it excuses us, right? Now I get to, oh, well, I mean, it's no big deal. No one's going to get right. But I think a lot of times that takes us out of the game. It takes us out of the race that we're called to be in. Jesus said to go. Go. Go out there and do this and show them who I am in your love for one another. And so on this Father's Day, when we think about our, our good, good Father, you know, are we doing the things that he's asked us to do? Are we reflecting the qualities of Jesus? Are we just wearing the mask? I want to I read a, a scripture uh, from 2 Peter. And I, I love this passage of scripture. I've, uh, in ministry, I've been asked 100,000 times at least. I don't know what to do. And I don't know what God wants me to do. And I understand where the question's coming from. And I'm not picking on anybody who's ever asked it. Um, I've asked it too. But sometimes, I, like, we're looking for, like, like a very specific, I, like, college students. I've, I've talked to a lot of college students over the years, and it's like, I don't know what college God wants me to go to, you know. Um, and that, that may be true. Like, he may have a very specific college in mind, mind for that person. But uh, I, think, I think getting caught up kind of in the details sometimes, we lose what God's really after. Um, and I love this passage in Second Peter. Uh, it is something I, I've read before. I read it a lot personally. Um, it's First Peter, Second Peter, chapter one, and and it's basically the qualities of life to have an effective life, right? So we're not out there just spinning our tires in the mud. That we are actually accomplishing something for the kingdom of God. It says Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, let's pause. So because Jesus made you righteous in his sacrifice and has given you the gift of the Holy Spirit, so you have the divine power to live this out. That's what that said. Let's go. For this very reason, because all that stuff is true, you make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. 
For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend to remind you of these qualities. Though you know them and are established in the truth that you have, I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that putting off of, the, of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I will make every effort, so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. Listen, um, I talk about discipleship a lot, and I'm going to right now because I, I think it's one of the most important things that exist. And it's not a program, it's a lifestyle that you choose to live. And it's a pouring into someone else's life in the name and the, for, for the sake of Jesus Christ in the kingdom. That's what we're talking about. It's, it's about not wasting your time on trying to get money or promotions or retirement or whatever else that the world tells us to chase. It's about investing in those around us so that they look more like Christ because they're with us. What a, what a thing to write right there. What, what great things to pour ourselves into so that we are effective. And he said, this is on top of your faith, right? So, we, I mean, our faithfulness has to be there. Last Sunday when I was preaching that funeral, I was just talking about a legacy. Leaving behind a legacy. And, and that's something that I, I try to remind myself all the time. Because we forget, right? Um, it's summertime. I, I'm, I can say this phrase now because I have chickens. But I've been running around like a chicken with my head cut off. That's what it feels like. <laughs> Hadn't done that yet. But, um, but uh, my dad used to describe it to me. I've never actually seen it. Um, but I, I know um, that things get busy. And, and like, again, like sometimes we say busyness is from Satan. And, and uh, yeah, but like there's, there's good stuff going on, right, that we can be a part of and we can feel it. But, man, like we can't ever neglect the relationship. Because I've seen what plants do when they're disconnected from their root system or the vine. They don't make it very long. We've got to stay connected. Because I want you to leave behind a legacy. And not just in your children, but in my children. They're looking at you just like they're looking at me. And I want my boys to see you, whether they're in church with you or out there with you, that you show them Jesus. And if we're not invested in our relationship with the Father, then I doubt we're doing a very good job of that. And if we're not doing a very good job of that, we're not people of integrity and faithfulness and discipline. 
We just kind of live flippant lives and hope the chips fall in good places. And I want you to be effective for the kingdom of God. And I want you to leave behind a legacy for your family, for my family, for people around us that are lost, that they see him in you. So men, I love you. I think you're an absolutely, just like I think everybody is, absolute key to the puzzle. Because God's given us that burden to lead by example. And in leading, it's a sacrificial thing. Don't miss that in Scripture. It's about putting others before ourselves and loving and serving and doing these things in the name of Jesus. And when we fall down, we can still reflect Jesus by being real, truthful, authentic, repenting. And I'm calling you to the table. I'm calling you to get in the race for the sake of all of those around us, but very selfishly for my two little men that I'm raising. I want them to see him in you.